This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Morning, everybody. Are you having a Merry Christmas? Yes. Yes. Say Merry Christmas. Oh, you got it. Now, I have a really important question to ask you. Who is more excited about Christmas, the children in your world or you? What do you think? That, my friends, is a loaded question, all right? Because virtually all of us would say the children in my world are more excited about Christmas than I am, and that means we have some work to do. Because I'm going to talk to you this morning about learning to anticipate like a child. And there's great value in that. But before we get into that, I want to say a welcome to everyone. For those of you who come here all of the time, welcome. It's always great to see you. For those of you who are here for the first time, we are so excited that you are here. I'm personally excited that you were here because it means that God is stirring something on the inside of you. And you ended up here. That means that there's a purpose for you being here. If you're a Christian and you're looking for a church home, I pray we get to be that place. I pray that you hear something today that directs you to this place and you recognize that you can connect with God here and He has a reason for you being here, not just today, but on an ongoing basis. And if you're not a Christian yet, my prayer is that you will hear something today that will launch you on a journey that you will not stop until it leads you to Jesus. Because He is the one and only Savior of the world, and He has a lifestyle for you and an eternity for you that is incomparable. Nothing can compare to it. It is the greatest way to live in this life, and it's the only way to live in eternity. And I pray that you don't miss out on that opportunity as you make your way through this life. So, Welcome. I pray that this morning is a great morning for you. If you're brand new to New Life, I I want to introduce you to a couple of resources that we make available for everyone every Sunday. First of all, it's our intent that every Sunday would be a learning experience for everybody here. So we're not going to waste your time, but I am going to teach you some things this morning that I think you'll find very helpful, and we want to make it easy and convenient for you to take notes. So if you'll pull out of your program... This particular piece of paper, there's a place on there for you to fill in blanks if you're that kind of a person, but to jot down things that that certainly you know would be applicable to your life and things that you don't want to forget in this week. And the second is this card out out of your program on the side that says connect card, which is really the sort of the business side of the card. There's a place for you, uh, to ask for information or volunteer in a ministry. Underneath that, there's a place for you to, to write down how you plan to apply what I'm going to teach you today. So I can pray with you about that, and the staff can. And below that, there's a place for you uh, to record uh, a prayer request, something going on in your life that we might be able to pray with you about. So, anticipating like a child. We are in the middle of a a teaching series called Like a Child, and it's about awakening the inner child that's within us. And 
in this awakening of that inner child that oftentimes gets covered up by all the muck and the stuff of the, of the adult world in which we live. Deep down inside each one of us is that inner child. And we're gonna, we're gonna go to our series verse, take a look at it, because this is what Jesus said to us. He said, the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like children. And then he went on to say, I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. You know, oftentimes we have that inner child in us and, and children live with this wonderful sense of reckless abandon, which is a great, great thing. But the truth is, we often get in touch with our inner child at the wrong time. When we go shopping for Christmas, we can act like children. But you have to pay for that like an adult later, right? That's not what Jesus was talking about. He was not talking about being childlike in terms of being immature and irresponsible. He was talking about learning how to be childlike in stuff that's way deeper than making decisions at Macy's. And so we have explored two things already. The first sermon in this series was worship like a child. The second sermon in the series was trust like a child. This one's anticipate like a child. There are three Christian virtues that are often pulled together in Scripture, out of Scripture, and they are faith, hope, and love. And these three sermons actually deal with those three subjects. Worship like a child is actually learning to love God and express love to God like a child. I believe Kevin says, falling in love with the giver. Okay? Trust like a child is actually faith. It's learning to place our faith in God to the point that we have complete confidence in Him and know that wherever He is, there is safety and peace. And, and, and we can drop our guard. And this sermon is really about hope. It's about anticipating like a child. I want to tell you this, that it's the child in us that most deeply and openly connects with God. Jesus knew that. Because when we grow up, and we become adults and we take on responsibility and we take on the cares of this life. Unfortunately for most of us, it means that we get jaded, we get cynical, we get preoccupied, we get overburdened, we get too busy, we, we have our schedules packed with too many things, and we have all this stuff that's going on so that we never ever live with real abandon. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later and how there's some things that, that we can do uh, that would actually help us in that regard. But I want to start by saying to us that one of the biggest reasons that God has called us as a church to, to, to really delve into the subject of like a child is because Jesus says after this, I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child, will actually never enter it. And one of the greatest things we can do this Christmas season is receive the kingdom of God like a child. 
And that doesn't mean make the decision to become a Christian, although that's where it begins. It means that you have the opportunity in this day, in this 24-hour stretch of time, to receive the kingdom of God in your life like a child, or you can remain a cynical adult. And Jesus says, look, I want, I want you to sort of put off the cares of the adult world and take on that heart of a child that's just open and clear and free. So, when it comes to anticipating like a child, the best place for us to begin is with the definition, because I think that's where we get a little bit confused. I, I went to the dictionary and I looked up the word hope, and there, there are two distinct definitions for the word hope, and I think we get them confused. Actually, I think we live by number one and not by number two. The, one of the first definitions for the, for the verb hope is to feel something desired may happen. Now, this is probably best illustrated by a lottery ticket. Okay? Take a look at a lottery ticket. Okay? The, the visible symbol is this, right? I hope something would happen. Have you followed, I forget, the mega lottery that's out there now that's what? half a billion dollars or something like that, and your chances of winning it are even less than that. Right? But it's to feel that that something desired may happen. Can, can I say this? I'm afraid that oftentimes Christians go to God like this. We get on our knees... And we pray, and it's like we're reaching up into heaven and pulling on the celestial slot machine. And we hope God will do something good. Friends, God will never, ever, ever be reduced to a celestial slot machine. If you get on your knees and pray, hoping to catch God in a good mood... No. I want you to know that that definition of hope in Scripture is never ever applied to anything about God, anything about Jesus. It's never ever applied to any promise that God makes, any promise that Jesus makes, any truth that He ever gives, because that's not a biblical definition of hope. We don't come into this Christmas season with a feeling that something good might happen to us. There's a definition of hope that's buried kind of deep in the English dictionary, but in the Bible, it's always the word connect, it's always the definition connected with the Bible word hope. And here's what it is. Here's the second meaning of hope. It means that we anticipate with complete confidence. And I think this could be best illustrated by a different ticket. Take a look. It's a Super Bowl ticket. There's a world of difference between a lottery ticket and a Super Bowl ticket. A lottery ticket more than likely will get you nothing. When you have a Super Bowl ticket, it means that you have every reason to believe that when the big day rolls around, you will be in the stadium screaming your lungs out with a bunch of other lunatics, right? Yeah, that's what it means. 
I want to tell you, when your children think of Christmas, they do not think of it in terms of a lottery ticket. They think of it in terms of a ticket to the Super Bowl. Right? And and that's what God wants to change in us. Now listen, let me read you three passages of Scripture that talk about this. Matthew says it this way. Matthew chapter 12. His name, that's Jesus, will be the hope for all the world. That's that anticipation with complete confidence. Just the name of Jesus. The second passage, God says, I know, that sounds like a fairly confident word, right? I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Let's look at one more passage. Hebrews chapter 6 says, We can have great, underline the word, confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. And then the author of Hebrews gives us this great word picture. He says, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. More than anything else in this life, If you understand and tie into and begin to to cultivate in your life the biblical sense of hope, it will ground you, it will center you, it will stabilize you in all the ups and downs of life when you know that you have this hope in God. The same kind of hope that children have when they think about Christmas. You find a little six-year-old or a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old on the street and you say, hey, is there going to be a Christmas this year? What do they say? Yep. Is there any doubt in their mind? No. Because that, my friends, is an anchor they've been hanging on to for quite a while. Probably 364 days. Right? Of course. They have that confident hope and expectation. So that's sort of the factual side of hope. And that's the side that's based on truth. And I want to tell you that there are hundreds of promises in the Bible connected with Jesus. And God wants you to know every one of them can be an anchor for your soul. You can count on it if Jesus said it or if it was said about Jesus in the Bible by any prophet or by God himself. Every one of them is completely true. You can take them to the bank. You can put your hope in that. It's it's factual. It's solid. It's true. But there's a problem with that. And that is, hope that is only factual doesn't actually do anything for us. Because in order for hope to do anything substantive for us in our life, it has to invade our feelings. And this is where children get miles ahead of adults. Because as adults, we can know all the right stuff. We can believe all the right stuff. But what happens in our heart gets jaded by everything else that happens in the world. And it gets preoccupied by everything else that happens in the world. And so what we know in our heads oftentimes never comes down into our hearts. And therefore, it never comes out in our face or in our lives. 
Paul writes, and he tells us something truly amazing about the concept of biblical hope. Here it is in Romans chapter 15. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely. I want you to underline fill you completely. That means more than your head. It means down in your heart that he will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. That's what we talked about last week. Now look what he says next. Then you will overflow with confident hope. Does that sound like lottery ticket or Super Bowl ticket? It's the confident hope. It's the Super Bowl ticket. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now I want to teach you a couple of things about children. And I happen to believe that what I'm talking to you about this morning is one of the biggest differences between adults and kids. And here you go. The first difference between adults and kids when it comes to hope is that adults anticipate what needs to be done. Would you underline needs to be done? Children anticipate what they get to do. When you say Christmas to an adult, they think gifts, gift wrapping, family coming over, dinner to be cooked, who's going to clean up the mess, which of the kids am I going to have to discipline because they're out of control and a sugar high. Adults think about all these things that they have to do. When you say Christmas morning to a child, they think of only a couple of things. What we always eat on Christmas morning and presents, that's it. It's what they get to do. Can I tell you that when Jesus was encouraging us to receive the kingdom of God like a child... He was not wanting us to think of the kingdom of God in terms of all the things that we need to do in the kingdom of God. Although he has a great mission for us as a church and a great mission for us as people and very significant things that we can do with our lives that he calls us to do with our lives. But above and beyond all that we have to do, God wants us to anticipate with childlike anticipation and even a childlike giddiness all the wonderful things we get to experience in this fantastic kingdom of God. That's the deal. And this Christmas, as we learn to be like a child and to awaken the inner child within us, then we can begin to anticipate what we get to do instead of being preoccupied with all we have to do. That's a huge thing. Secondly, children think differently than adults in this. Adults live in the hour, the day, the month, and the year, but kids live in the moment. You watch a kid with his homework, and the kid's working on his homework, working on his homework, but as soon as that last problem is done, whoop, the books get shut, they get put in the backpack, and it's off to play, and that child will never think about school again until the next morning when they're gathering their stuff to get in the car. Am I right? Yep. All done. 
They're not thinking about science class. They're not thinking about math class. They're not thinking about that teacher that makes life hard on them. They're not thinking about anything else. They're headed out to the trampoline to jump and play because kids live in the moment. And unfortunately, as adults, we tend to, to, even in the good things, when we go to lunch with someone that we really enjoy being with, in the back of our mind, we're thinking about what we have to do when we get back to work. At what time we need to be done with this. And how many more minutes we have. And if we can get everything done, we need to get done before we're supposed to go home that night. And then we think about what we have to do after we get home that night. Can you relate to that? Yeah. And Jesus says to you and to me, there's actually a better way to live than that. And you can learn it from children. So how are we going to apply this? I'm going to give us three ways to apply this this morning. And the first two are by taking momentary vacations. You know what a momentary vacation is? Well, here's what it is. If we take momentary vacations to live fully in the moment, it means that when you and I go to lunch with someone that we really enjoy being with, it means that we intentionally shut out of our minds everything else that has to be done in that day. I have good news for you. When you turn your mind back on, it'll still be there. Your mind will still be there and all the stuff you have to do. Okay? And you won't get it done any better by thinking about it the whole half hour or hour you're on lunch with somebody else. And when it's family night and your kids are all around and you're, and you're eating dinner, you're going to go play games. Give yourself a momentary vacation and say, while I'm with the children, and while we're playing games, or while we're out on the trampoline, or while we're throwing a football in the yard, or while we're wrestling on the floor, or whatever it is we're doing, I'm going to intentionally shut out of my mind all the other things that are going on in my world, and I will live fully and completely in this moment right here. This has been kind of fun for me to do in this last week. And it's lowered much of the pressure in my life. And I want to encourage all of us to learn this skill. Because it's how children live. And it's what keeps them relatively carefree. It's what keeps them relatively open and fully capable of living in every moment. This is the second kind of momentary vacation that we can take. And that's a vacation to anticipate. That is to pre-live the future. Have you ever wondered why kids just love Christmas so much? It's because they pre-live it. Over and over and over again. It's like every time they walk by the tree and they see all those presents... They're dreaming about what might be in there. And in their mind, they're living it. And they live it again the next day, and the next day, and they anticipate what it's like, what it's going to be like to to, to go to bed, and so excited they can almost not go to sleep, right? 
because they've lived that moment so many times, it's hard to quiet their spirit and they're going to wake up as soon as they possibly can. Just think about the difference between kids and adults on Christmas morning. Kids, when you say Christmas morning, they think, I want to get up as early as I can. And adults think what? I want to sleep in as long as I can, right? Yeah, because the one is anticipating all they get to do and the other is anticipating all that has to be done. There's another reason why kids enjoy Christmas so much. Because they not only pre-live it, they relive it. They, they pre-live the future and they relive the past. And so where you and I experience Christmas morning one time each year, they experience it about 15 or 20. Wouldn't it be great if it was a wedding or a family reunion or a vacation or a round of golf with a good friend or a trip with another good friend? Wouldn't it be great if the things that you and I love to do and we find so refreshing and fulfilling, wouldn't it be great if we actually got to live them about five times, each one of them? Because we took the time to pre-live it and enjoy it and anticipate it on the way in and to build our expectations and to set aside the cares of this life and to focus on what we're going to get to do. And then when that moment came, we could live fully in that moment because we have pre-lived it two or three times before it actually comes to us. And then once we have lived it, if we would take moments in our life and go back and relive what we got to experience, it means that in those moments where life is best, and wonderful and good, that the goodness of that and the joy of that would be spread over a long period of time and it would be richer, fuller, and deeper. I believe it's one of the reasons why Jesus said to you and to me, if you don't receive the kingdom of God like a child, you might live in it but it won't mean anything to you. Friends, I've had times in my life where my life was so busy that everything was just another appointment. If I had a round of golf to play, I didn't give it a single thought until the reminder went off on my calendar. Oh, I got a half hour to get to the golf course. Where are my golf clubs? Okay, I got my golf clubs. Where are my golf shoes? I got my golf shoes. Where are, I got enough golf balls. I check. Okay, I got enough tees. I bust to the course. I run in. I pay for my round. I bust out to the first tee, and I get there about two minutes before it's time to hit. And then I play my round of golf, and guess what? I'm thinking about the things because that night I've got another appointment and other things to do, and everything is just another appointment. Jesus says, there is a different way to live this life. So I want to encourage you, take momentary vacations, many of them, not when you're meeting with your boss, okay? 
Okay? You should be fully present in that moment, right? But on a lunch break, on a break from work, when you're driving to and from your house, to and from work, that's the thing about children. They know how to steal those moments of time. I know. They steal a few they shouldn't. I know that. Okay? You're an adult. You know which moments to steal. I want you to steal those moments and anticipate. And then the last way is by becoming a Christian. Can I tell you? Look at the word Christmas. If you take Christ out of Christmas, you got nothing. Okay? Because everything that you enjoy about Christmas, giving, generosity, kindness, joy, peace, unity, everything that you enjoy about Christmas has its origin in Jesus. And he came so that you could live with that mindset 365 days a year, not just one month, the whole year. And that journey, my friend, begins by you choosing to say, you know something? I want Jesus in my life, not just at Christmas. I actually want Jesus in my life all year long. Today I choose to follow him. I'm going to pray, and then I want all of us, I'll talk to God on behalf of all of us. I want you to do your personal business with God so that in this coming week, the week before Christmas, you and I could live more and more in the healthy way that children do and less and less in the unhealthy way that sometimes we as adults can slip into. Let's pray. Father, I pray for my friends. I thank you so much that you have given us this wonderful promise that, that, that we can overflow with this confident hope that we could receive you, we could receive your kingdom like a child. And Lord, would you make us in this week to be more like children and less like sometimes us overburdened adults. That we could anticipate and pre-live and relive the great moments of our life with, with, with reckless abandon and, and just sort of milk each moment fully for what it's worth over and over again. Would you show us how to steal those moments so that we could pre-live what we will live some 10 days from now. That, and would you give us the grace when that time comes to be fully engaged, fully present in those moments and just to enjoy everything that takes place. And Lord, for those of us that this is the morning we decide that we will follow Christ. Lord, would you give us grace right now to make that decision, make it for a lifetime. And Father, would you help it to be the thing that makes the difference for us, not only here, but in eternity. I know that's your call for us, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.